Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And we coming from our basement to your headphones. Barely even know who we are, but changing the unknown. In a wild time in the Thank you for downloading the podcast, Dianos. Now here are your hosts, Jordan Hall and Eric Wayne. Welcome into another scorching hot episode of the podcast, Dianos. I'm Jordan Hall, and I'm joined by a man who knows a thing or two about candy. It's Eric Wayne. Eric, what's going on? Not too much. Just living the dream. And yes, I uh, I do love candy. Who doesn't love candy? Some chocolate. Everyone good, loves candy. Have you been enjoying yeah. all the hoopla surrounding uh, the release of Miggy's Bit Bits? Bit Bits. They actually look and sound uh, interesting. They look pretty delicious. They're getting decent reviews so far. I'm not. I'm not beneath trying some Bit Bits selling out to the the D. Now how, not? now, how do they compare to, like, um, you know, the little Butterfinger, like the BBs? I mean, is it just kind of like that, but kind of your more traditional chocolate? Is that the, the uh, vibe? Yeah, I forget. Um, so Evan Woodbury, who we've, who we've had as a guest, uh, posted a review. It was basically like mm. a, um, a kit. You no, know, what was it? It was like, oh, it was like a crunch. Crunch bar covered with uh, like a ball of crunch bar covered with a uh, chocolate coating. I think was how he put it. That sounds pretty delicious. I'd eat that. Yeah, yeah. I'd eat the crap I have out of not that. had the privilege of trying a bit bit, but as soon as I can, I will get on it. It. Quite frankly, I'm surprised that he didn't send it to us to review, kind of like Tom Gage did with his book. Yeah. Send us bit bits, Chris the cl- the Crown. <laughs> um, do you like that he's kind of diversifying his interests? Like, clearly, Mickey isn't just a man that that hits baseballs. He has other interests that include. Yeah, chocolate. why not? Why not? It can't be all all baseball all the time, right? I know some people would be a little pissy, like, "Well, what is he taking phone calls? He should be in the weight room lifting weights." Yeah, I, I get some of that. And but, to a certain you know. extent, I, I have a feeling that a lot of the legwork, if you will, is probably not <laughs> yeah, done by not. Miguel Cabrera yeah. himself. He is loaning his name to this project and maybe, you know, maybe helping with a few decisions or deciding to try to tackle it. But no, Quality he control, is not. Sure. 
You're right. He's not sweeping the floors at the bit bit factory after an, an extra inning game. Don't worry, friends. What I was impressed with was how quickly all the branding went up like all over Comerica. I, yeah. learned, I learned it existed and I saw it everywhere within like three hours. So kudos there. And we need Darren Ravel to give us an accounting of the home run over the bit bit sign, right? I'd actually I mean, very much like perfect. Darren Ravel to not be involved in any part <laughs> of the Tigers, if I can be particular. Um, have yeah. you ever seen a more unsettling mascot than Chris the Crown? Oh, sure. There's lots of unset. Have you ever seen the King Baby or the Baby King from the New Orleans Baby Cakes? Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That is very unsettling also. Okay. Also... Pete, the Purdue Boilermaker. Yeah, can't disagree with that one either. So this it's not even in the top five. Also, there's a there's a team in Scotland called Partick Thistle. Um, look up their okay. mascot. It is it will give you nightmares. Um, Partick Thistle. Yeah, they're a, a Scottish Premier League team. Of course, yeah. Yes. Um, why is his name Chris? That, that's the one that I've gone yeah. back and forth on. Like you could pick anything. I know that it's like an alliteration, but but come on. You could have think of, you couldn't think of like a royal name, like a royal sounding like name. Gustav. Gustav. <laughs> That's less good than Chris. No, it's better than Chris. I feel uh, like, I feel like Chris yeah. always is walking around with like that Joey Tribbiani, how you doing? You know. Yeah, he's got the space going. Yeah. He's gonna deliver you some bed bits. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah. so that brings us to this brings us to this week's leadoff question. Uh, which tiger do you feel like would be most qualified to serve as the full time person manning Chris the Crown? Ooh. Well, I, I think <laughs> I wonder if it's just you could be just like the low man on the totem pole, like whoever has to do the on field clinic duties. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're carrying the pink backpack, you're getting the on field clinic and you get to stick in the crown. Now, uh, um, you need somebody small to fit in the costume, kind of agile, and maybe the ability to dance a little bit, right? Yeah, for so sure. The guy who came to mind right away would be Ramon Santiago. <laughs> we don't need him anymore. He's like retired, or he'd be perfect for this job. That's true. I actually kind of went down the same line of thinking, and the one the one that came to my mind was uh, a showman. We need somebody with a little little flair. Uh, and I know who you're going to say. I, I think to a certain extent, um, you know, so when somebody gets into a uh, mascot costume, they become like this other person, this this person that they can't exhibit in their day to day life. Um, so I took somebody who is maybe a little bit more reserved, but clearly has that that showman side. And that, of course, is Al Albuquerque. Yeah, that's who I was going to say. Al would be perfect. Plus, he's let's be honest. Chris is just going around pointing at crap. That's what mascots do. <laughs> You see a child, you point to him, right? You see a grown-up, you, know, you point to him, yeah. You, do you know, like, uh, are you familiar with the Wiggles? Uh, I I mean, I know who they are. Yeah. I can't say I've so, binged their episodes or anything. So whenever they take a photograph with a with a child, they do, like, this pose where they, they like, do jazz hands. They stick their hands out. <laughs> and I learned that this was um, just to eliminate any hints of impropriety with children like with their hands on them you know that makes sense just to be safe so they got their they got their hands up that's i don't know what that has to do with it i just thought that was kind of interesting you know maybe al could do that and just just point 
or you know yeah. just just to be safe yeah i could see al going back and forth between jazz hands and pointing the whole time yeah 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 um if you want to get in touch with the show you can podcastianos.com on the twitter i am at jordan hall 23 eric is at comeric eric and the show is at podcastianos on instagram fire 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 emoji uh at jordino for facebook.com backslash podcastianos um and we haven't talked about this uh nearly as much as we should but if you like the show please take the time to rate and review us on itunes google player soundcloud um it helps us to move up it helps us to become more popular and it lines our pockets um far more so than if you don't we we are still craving that popularity that we did not have in high school so so help us out thanks yes speak for yourself no i'll speak i'll speak for both of us that's fine (laughs) i'm blaine hardy and you're listening to the podcast um we have a lot to talk about but first let's go let's get to the breaking news um annabelle sanchez has accepted a demotion to toledo uh he wants to be a starter he wants to, to get back the old mojo, uh, if, if you will. I feel like we're being loose with, with that term at this point. Sure. Um, I texted you, this is big, question mark. And you said, yep, expand. Okay. Um, so by optioning him or sending him to Toledo, because he has um, you know rights, he could simply decline that option and he could become a free agent. Right. So what what they what he's decided to do is, no, I'll accept the assignment, stick with the organization and uh, and he and the Tigers get to keep them, which which is cool. And it's it's really swallowing a little bit of humble pie for him um, and for any player in this kind of situation, because you have to go down to the minors and work through your business. And, And when he did not have to, he could try to say, all right, screw you guys and catch on with another big league club and the Tigers would lose him and still have to pay his salary. Um, But by doing this, um, he stays with the club. It's good for him because I think he keeps some continuity with some of the staff, um, just familiarity with kind of his, his, his mode of business. He's not signing on with a new club and moving all around. So there are some advantages with him. And I, and it's indicator that, yeah, he knows that, um, his his stock has plummeted, and he may not just catch on with um, a team and get plugged right back in. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think it's good for him too. I, I mean, it is a little yeah. bit of this noble, hum, you know, swallowing his pride and going. It down. is noble, but yeah. he is he's getting guaranteed AAA innings. If he's going to get back to being uh, a regular, substantial, you know, contributing big league player. It's going to be as a starter, and he's never going to yep. get back to that level. Throwing every fifth day, you know, up ten, down ten in our bullpen. You know, him go. And I, I don't think there's another team in baseball that would think, you know, what number five starter. Let's get that Annabelle Sanchez in. Um, yeah. Him going, going down there. Pelfrey. <laughs> I don't think so. Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, let's be honest. For the big league club, for the twenty-five man roster, this is kind of a you know party hat emoji type of moment at least for the for the moment well you get another what you'd hope is a competent bullpen piece they, uh, they called up Solpold, warwick um so he, he's got more 
more flexibility in what he can do, I think. And I think this is an indicator that Sanchez really just sees himself as a starter and was never really comfortable with that reliever role. And I, I think that's the truth. And to be fair, when he was doing his best work in spring training, granted it's spring training, it was as a starter. You know, I feel like right. I bang on about this every time we talk about Anibal, but the preparation that you go through pre-outing uh, is just so much different as a starter than it is as a reliever. If he can't get that um get the the relievers mentality and get through getting loose and all that stuff um i uh, you know as a reliever i can see how that would be a problem for him right i don't feel like we need to dog on annabelle sanchez too much before i make this point because i think it's very clear that um he's not been good he's struggled he's been piss poor all that kind of stuff okay hear that first now and can you envision a scenario where he goes down to the mud hens, becomes a starter, uh, falls into his regular rhythms, uh, makes some um, changes, and a guy like Matt Boyd uh, scuffles or, heaven forbid, somebody gets dinged, he could come back up and be a valuable contributor yet this year. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's been bad. He's Trust me, he's been real bad. But we don't have a lot of starting pick, pitching depth. I mean— Just my boy Verhagen. Uh, Verhagen, are you going to get go get Buck Farmer? I mean, okay, it's fine. But Sanchez could be, you know, that caliber starter. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not talking about— you know, a monster stud ace. Essentially at this point, sending him down to work through it is like a lottery ticket. We're probably not going to, you know, win anything off it, but right. you just never know. And you especially don't know unless you scratch it. So, so to speak. I mean, right. I think this is the best case scenario for the Tigers and a good case scenario for Sanchez. Yeah. Um, tie a bow on that. You good with that? Yes. Consider it tied. <laughs> um, so la- as we recorded last week, we knew that this past week was going to be a rough one for the fellas. Uh, we we're coming home finally from that West Coast road trip. We we're playing two pretty tough teams that I think were both in playoff positions as we as we were coming in. Um, and yet again, we come away with a 500 week. Uh, I feel like the week was kind of a, a bit of a roller coaster. Um, there was a, l- a couple games that I thought we should have won and then a couple games that we won that maybe I was surprised we did um mm-hmm. and it's easy to take each each result in isolation but over the uh schema 162 games was this another just kind of acceptable week uh i'd like to say yes um i really wanted to win that game on what was it tuesday night the, ex- uh, the extra the innings. orioles yep. yeah it went 13 innings or whatever we were so close to winning that game that game was bananas by the way yes <laughs> love that game um there's a lot of baseball games that are kind of yawners that are duds that was not one that was that was awesome yeah i was actually taking notes on that game for you know just as i do through the week and i put uh mm-hmm. heartening we came back from the dead three times and then their final result and i put in my notes disheartening we still find ways to lose. <laughs> you know it, it it was just a crazy emotional roller coaster game they showed the win expectancy chart is, is that what you call it? win probability like that, yeah. chart and it's just like uh a, a Richter scale seismic thing just bouncing up and down. It was great. Um, so like we said, the, the two, the two teams we played coming in hot. Um, I feel like you and I, you and I maybe are a little bit more lenient with the, with the team. We, uh, 
we're we blatant sunshiners. We don't fly off the handle asking. quite like like some people do. Um, yeah. Are we? Have we been a little bit too lenient on them? I feel like it's been quite a while that I've been okay with them treading water. Like every week, there's kind of a new yeah. like. Well, this happens. So um, you know, we were on the on the West Coast for two weeks. That's hard to right. hard to you know kill them too much for that and then two good teams uh how long is it okay for us to kind of just tread water like this well i keep i said it another podcast but i keep going to what our expectations were at the beginning of the year we said if we can be 500 if we can be a little better than 500 and somehow snatch a, a wild card spot that would that's about where we're at right yeah. i think if we were leading the division by three or four games that would be well exceeding expectations would it not i mean oh yeah absolutely right and i think if we were uh six games out of first place um everybody would be saying oh they've underperformed okay so we're 500 we're what two games out of first place uh we're right there have we underperformed maybe a smidge sure is there reasons to be more hopeful sure but we haven't we haven't gone uh, totally poopy. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it hasn't come off the rails. I feel like if you look at our team, you see a team with the chance to break out any any given day with all kinds of offense and a team with a bunch of young, inconsistent starter starting pitching. What have we done this year? We've been wildly inconsistent at bat, yep. and we've had some inconsistent starting pitching. And, you know, t- to be honest, being at 500 right now, isn't the worst thing when you know minnesota for is one of the teams ahead of us um no disrespect to all our minnesota listeners but come on (laughs) come on um and you know cleveland is is two games ahead of us we we saw that all last year now granted we didn't chase them down but there were moments last year where i kind of thought we were going to um i think we're better than we were last year and i think they're maybe a little bit worse i i don't know yep do you um go ahead go ahead I was just going to say the the division is extremely bunched right now. Um, Mm -hmm. All all four of the not terrible teams are within three games. Uh, Do you see that changing? Not immediately. No, I, I, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, what vaulted Cleveland so much last year was their stellar starting pitching right now. Carrasco is the, the only guy really who's above average. Yeah. Kluber is um, still on the DL and, and Salazar. Kluber's on the DL. Yeah. Yeah. Bauer and Tomlin have stunk. Which makes I me mean, so happy because I pretty yeah. well despise Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Stick his finger in a drone blade or whatever. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so they, their, their uh, powerhouse, their strength has not been that, that good. Now, could they return to form? You know, then, then we'd be in some trouble. Um, now, as far as as we go, producing runs has not been a problem. It, it really hasn't. It's been run prevention. And like you said, some starting pitching, certainly the bullpen. We talked about that. And defense, right? I mean, yeah. we need to be the, the players that we have need to play their very, very best defense that they're capable of in order for us to have a, a, a competent average defense. It's not like we have amazing athletes all over and they can kind of lollygag and have some off games and still have an average defense. No, our guys need to bring it every night on defense in order to be competent. You want to hear a surprising defensive stat? 
Just, sure. Justin Upton is tied for 11th in baseball in defensive runs saved right now. Would you believe that? Tied for 11th? Yeah. Uh, in all of baseball. I don't... Uh, we're actually... A uh, little, little foreshadowing here. We're going to talk about this come power rankings a Ooh, little bit. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. But to me, the defensive metrics are the <laughs> the biggest, um, not always the most accurate and don't always paint the clearest picture. Um, but he doesn't, he's been good. I mean, he's been fine. Yeah. He doesn't. Yeah, eleventh best. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, you know? enough enough meta stuff. Let's get into some more specifics. You good with that? Yes. Okay. Um, Tigers were on national TV twice this past week. Um, on they were on Fox on Saturday and ESPN Sunday Night Baseball last night. Um, do you yep. enjoy the national broadcasts? No, no, I, I really don't. I, I I actually appreciate. I actually liked the ESPN broadcast more um because of i'm i'm sorry i've completely forgotten her name jessica mendoza jessica mendoza i actually i enjoy her just a different kind of perspective and they're asking her questions about you know conditioning and what she sees and all that and i just think it was kind of it was kind of neat i know there's going to be haters out there it's like you know caveman man's game can't have a woman talk about baseball stop it she was great no, I, I think my issue with them is, like, they they clearly do uh, their research, but I feel like everything that they spit out is superficial. Like, everything yeah. um, you can get by looking at box scores from the last three days. I feel like I spend my whole, my whole, the whole game, like, rolling my eyes at all of the, like, yeah, well, but, you know, that kind of stuff. I know that Fox Sports Detroit isn't perfect, but at least they see the Tigers play every single night, right. and they're just more they're focused. Yeah. yeah, they're focused on the Tigers. The national broadcast, they're they're eager to talk about the, the Angels and Mike Trout, and they're going to talk about this. Any excuse that they have to compare somebody in the current game to somebody else that they feel like they want to talk about, they'll just go ahead and do it. Now, yeah, so I I don't hate it as much as some, but no, I, I don't like them as well as the are just our regular broadcasts. Why were they set up in left field last night? Did they ever address that? I think it's a it's just a shtick. It's a gimmick. Oh, do they you know? do they always do that? I I, I think so. Have to yep. admit, I don't watch a ton of Sunday night. There was baseball. a little there was a little logo that said you know stadium calls or something. Or it's, you know uh, I said you know a lot. I shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was a logo promoting the fact that they were sitting in the stands. So I think they must do it more. Interesting. And I know uh, last point before we move on to the players, um, I know I know you saw Marlins man was in the house last night. Uh, were you pumped that he graced us with his excellence? My one word tweet reply to you was barf. <laughs> yeah, I left. Marlins man is the worst. It's the worst superhero. He's the worst fan. It's just a guy in a jacket who's got money and can sit in the front row. He would be so pumped to hear you call him a superhero. That would just make his day. No, he, I said he's an extremely lame knockoff superhero. I don't think he hears any of the rest of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Jay- give me, listen, listen, Jordan, give me money and I would become the coolest fan that there is. I need to, um, money. I'll quit my job. I'll put on something ridiculous and I'll buy the front row tickets. It's not that hard. You need money. I could see you in a sombrero in every game. 
I could be sombrero guy. Oh, I, I could go viral, hold up signs. <laughs> hey, look, there's sombrero guy. Senor Man. sombrero. Yeah. I, I'd have cheerleaders come in to hug me or the energy squad or whatever it is. <laughs> Can't have cheerleaders, of course. No, that's absurd. And everybody, I'd be featured in broadcasts and stuff. All you need is money. <laughs> Um, speaking of money, here's somebody that we might give a lot to. Uh, J.D. Martinez has come back from the disabled list angry. Um, you all know the stats by now. He's played in nine games, uh, total of 27 at-bats, six homers, 12 ribs, 13 walks. Uh, and his batting average on balls and play is actually lower than it was for the season in 2016. Uh, what has J.D. coming back uh, meant for you uh, morale-wise as a, as a fan? It's just fun to see him out there, isn't it? He he is the most unassuming masher slugger I've ever ever seen. I'm always amazed by this, but he looks um, he looks in uncon in not confident. You know, he you see him before and I bet he takes this deep breath and it kind of closes his eyes like he's trying to pump. You know, he's not sure if he can do it or not. And then he just bombs moonshots all over. You know, he's not there like, um, uh, you know, some slugger in a cheesy baseball movie where he's grunting and, you know, pawing at the dirt with his foot. He's completely the opposite. And I love it. That's pretty good. Uh, have you seen anything uh, from him that specifically makes you, like, understand why he's able to come off the shelf so successfully? Because he wasn't very good down in Toledo before he came up, and all of a sudden, you know, he's literally the fire emoji. Uh, no, I have no idea. Okay. I could come up with some BS, Jordan. But... <laughs> it's got to be the note-taking, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. I haven't seen the notebook lately, have you? Um, yeah, I think I'm I... not talking about the film either. I'm talking about JD's notebook. <laughs> I think I think they've uh, I think they've shown a couple shots with him in the notebook recently. Man, I'd like to get my hands on that. Mm, would you? Would you? What would you do with that? Keep it to myself and read it <laughs> at night before I go to bed. Um, so the internet has been super emotional. Uh, wants to lock him up. And I feel like that's kind of a, a talk for another day. But at this moment right now, how are you feeling as far as uh, re-signing them long-term? Yeah, not going to happen. Yeah, I think so. Not, not, not but feeling it, it would be nice. Of course it would be nice. <laughs> you know what we need? Money. Everything is solved with more money. We should all resolve to buy, like, one hot and ready a week for the next, I don't know, through the rest of the year and see if, if Chris uh, indulges us a little bit. Uh, Chris ain't indulging much. <laughs> uh, okay, let's move on. Ian Kinsler starting to get back to his regular self. Um, did some research. He's raised his average 40 points in the two-ish weeks since he returned from the injury, and he's hitting 309 in May. Uh, really, really nice to have this guy back and, and clicking, especially at the, the top of the order. He's just such an imperative spot to have rolling. Yeah, let's see. He hit, a, he hit a leadoff bomb this week, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was yesterday. Shows how much I paid. I, I I watch every game and then I think back. I'm like, oh, uh, what was that? Because it all melds together. I should be taking notes like you, a yeah. competent podcast host <laughs> who writes things down and is competent. Yeah. No, oh, Kinsler's. Oh yeah, Kinsler's been better. Um, I don't know, maybe because it was what a hamstring. Mm -hmm. And issue? it sounds like he's still kind of dealing with it. Yeah, I don't know. 
I think he's just regressing back to excellence. Uh, yeah, that seems fair. Yeah. He he can be streaky though, right? Not Upton level streaky, but he'll go in waves throughout the year. Um, yeah, I was looking back. He's actually st- like, despite the fact that he's only hitting what like two forty right now, and it was pretty terrible for the first month of the year. He's still tied for ninth in baseball and runs scored, and is third mm-hmm. among all second basemen in wins above replacement. So, I mean, yeah. it just speaks to how weak uh, a little bit the second base position is. Um, but I feel like when he's at his at his peak, he might be the most underappreciated player in baseball. Like He just so flies under that national radar. And I know he won a gold glove, so that's, that's shown him some love, you know, last year. But he's so good, and I feel like he just gets no love. I would agree with that. And I know playing in Detroit is, you know, probably the root cause of that. Yeah, I would say because in Detroit, he's the third most attention kind of guy after Verlander and Cabrera. Yeah, I guess either either him or J.D., I would say. Yeah, which is which so is funny he's, he's, considering Upton was the, you know, two hundred million dollar signing from what? Yeah, last year. Yeah. But but yeah, you just consider how much he's overshadowed on his own team. Um, speaking of overshadowing, uh, five o'clock shadow, there's a connection in there somewhere. <laughs> Alex Avila has been, um, amazing. He is tied for 10th in all of baseball in wins above replacement. 10th yeah. in all of baseball. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what they're putting in his Rogaine, but man, he, he is, he is feeling strong. There is no um, way he needs Rogaine. He needs whatever the opposite <laughs> of Rogaine is. Dude is a little hairy boy. He is so airy, yeah. Um, now, are you buying? Are you buying this? Because everybody is like, "Yeah, Avila, wow, he's doing really good." But everybody's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop on him. Like, oh, okay, uh, he's really not that good. How's he getting away with this? But he's up to uh, twenty-six games played, eighty-seven plate appearances. The samples are starting to get a little bigger here, friends. Well, I feel like now, there is strong evidence um, that there is a regression coming. He is uh, bad and average on ball and plays 489. That's probably not sustainable. But he's using more of the field than you know I can ever remember yes. him using. And that's that's something that I think I, – I don't know. This is completely a theory. But he watched a lot more baseball last year than he did in many, many previous years. And maybe um, you know sitting there, you know, char down whatever catchers do when they're, when they're not playing, maybe something clicks. Yeah. I, his plate approach – is is still sound he's not flailing he takes a lot of walks and one thing i'll say is they were showing a stat and if i was a a good person i'd have exactly what this is but he has not faced many lefties yeah that's that's good that's good managing they're protect yeah they're protecting him with this platoon him and mccann and you can see in mccann's at least home run numbers um, not in his average so much, but the platoon is kind of working for these guys. It, and that's why I'm surprised, you know, sometimes when they don't leverage the platoon to its utmost. Um, but I think that's helping Alex too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now he's, or I say right now, but the last two games he's been in the two spots, uh, six for nine, no, four, four for six. Those are different numbers. He's, he's four for six in, in the two spot. Um, <laughs> Six for nine are different numbers. They are. They're different numbers. Um, 
I kind of like him up there. He's getting on base at a 494 clip. Like, obviously, that's probably a little bit unsustainable. Uh, but, I mean, he is kind of your perfect new age number two hitter, at least yes. at this moment. And he's buying into the whole – I don't know if this was a conscious adjustment or – but he's he's on the whole JD hit the ball in the air bandwagon. Yeah. Which, which is great because he doesn't swing a lot. He works his walks and he hits the ball in the air to keep you out of that double play. <laughs> so for those reasons, I, he's pretty good in the two spot. Plus, I, I hate bunting and moving the base runner over, you know, two. And you're probably so, not going to see him do that. Yeah, that's great. Put put some plotter in there. I don't want any contact slab hitting on my two hitter. Yeah. Some power in the two hole. I'm glad that we only signed him because of nepotism. Yeah, I mean, okay, both sides of this are getting a little old. I think the pendulum has swung and the team nepotism people are being drowned out by the sarcastic team nepotism people, and that's getting annoying too. Now. Just, just let it be. Um, one last thing to go before the power rankings. Anthony Ghost is scheduled to make his pitching debut tonight in Lakeland. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, Howard... <laughs> I take that you are fairly excited. I want this to work so much. I'm so excited. Be good. Please, Ghost, be good. That's good advice for all the players, truly. Yeah, I want this to work. Are you Are you excited? Or I'm, I'm, I'm more curious than excited. I got to be honest. Anthony's not um, my favorite Tiger. Uh, but he's it, a little moody. It he's would be cool moody. to see him do. I mean, it just doesn't happen very often. Um, you know, Matt Bush I've, was an, a nice example of that from from the Rangers. Um, it's kind of cool. Like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it happen. I don't think it's going to. But I just mind think of it all the ways you could use him and leverage it. It'd be so fun. Yeah, it would be. Um, except for you wouldn't want to use him at, a, at the plate because, as you may remember, he's not very, very good there. He's good for a pitcher. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Stop. All right, let's move on to your power rankings. Power rankings. Man, this is we don't have time for shenanigans this week, okay? This is this is a very serious business podcast, okay? Now, uh, a few nights ago, um they had on the telecast, the Tigers telecast, they had advanced stats night. 
Do you remember this? Uh, Did we I was, talk about this? I was actually not able to catch this one. I had a softball game. I was I was super bummed. Ugh, you were dominating the world of softball. Of course. Okay. Um, advanced stats night. That was actually the super long game, and they kind of foregoed the stats. I think after a while. Anyway, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about baseball statistics, and I have for you baseball statistics. Okay. All right. So there's three things that I'm really looking for when I want to talk about baseball statistics. One, I want it to accurately portray the performance of the team or the individual. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Two, I want to have a kind of rule of thumb or known standards for what's good and what's not good in my statistic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if you tell me he's got a thousand VORP or whatever, <laughs> is that good or not good? You need to be able to know these things in order to be for the statistic to be helpful. True. Right. All right. And three, I want them to be kind of generally known so I can talk about it with my friends and acquaintances. Of course. And we can have fun baseball conversations. Yeah. Nothing like better at a party than to talk about, you know. Wins above replacement, something like Everybody that. Everybody does this. Yeah. All right. Now, all right, here we go. Top seven, bottom three. Starting at number seven is WOBA, or <laughs> weighted on base average. I like this one a lot because I think it most accurately reflects the value of the hitter to the team because everything is weighted. How much does a home run give you? How much does a triple give you? How much does a sink, you know, so on and so forth. All the things that you do are adjusted via some constant and tells you how good it is. Now, can you guess why it's only number seven? It's because if it fails the other two tests, you don't really know what the standards are. And it's not really generally known. True. That's what seven. Okay. It sounds, sounds great, though. Yeah, it, it really is a powerful stat, and I read about it. And I'm going to put a plug in here for um, Lee Panis's book. He's a big Tigers fan. He's active on Twitter. He wrote a book. And then um, Sam, uh, Sam Perlstein, I think that's how you say your name, um, did the illustrations. She's the um, the the talent who kind of did my avatar uh, on online and stuff. And she's her comics and um cartoons and stuff are are awesome and hilarious so i'm gonna put a plug he, he wrote a book called beyond Bi- beyond batting average i'm holding it in my hand right now it's it's beautiful yes i actually look at a printed book hmm. occasionally what's that like they have um the percentages or the percentiles printed which is kind of handy if you're like oh what does that mean again so buy a book they're, they're great okay um <laughs> number six is home runs it's simple how many home runs did he hit? Um, it's not always, you know, precise. But if you say, oh, a guy hit two home runs this year and it's almost the end of the season, you know that the guy does not hit for much power. If you say he's got 35 home runs this year, wow. Okay, he's got big power. Home runs, it's simple. Hit the ball out of the park and you count them. <laughs> Touche, yeah. All right. Number five is war. War is helpful because it obviously tells you in a comprehensive package how valuable uh, an individual player is right it's not so good because the the formulas are quite complicated and there can be some disagreement about you know 
if how accurate it is, but war is really helpful to give you an overall picture of how good a guy is. And if you want to sound like, um, if you want to sound like a, like a stat head, a hipster, that's one you absolutely like have to have in your yeah. arsenal. And war is particularly valuable because you are adjusting to um, a standard at that position. So um, almost every first baseman is going to hit better than almost all shortstops or second baseman, for instance. So, um, it, so it makes those kind of adjustments for you. And that's why war is so, so helpful. And that's why Mike Trout is always, you know, heads and shoulders above. Well, Mike Trout is awesome. But anyway, uh, war, that's number five. Number four is ERA. ERA is a throwback. It's been around forever. Everybody knows. It's always published. Everybody knows what ERA means. If you got a guy with a three ERA, well, that's pretty good. If you have a guy with a seven ERA, he stinks up the place. Okay? Everybody kind of knows about ERA. But there's problems with ERA. Um, there's team factors. There's defensive issues. Um, there's you know, game situation th- factors, game too. Situa- there's just a mess of things that are yep. um, dependent on things other than your pitching. ERA. Okay. Mm-hmm. That brings us to number three, which is FIP, fielding independent pitching. Now, what's nice about FIP is they, they calculate it for you, but it's based off of the things that a pitcher can control. So home runs, strikeouts, all, all that kind of stuff. And it's adjusted to scale to the ERA. So I like to, I like to look at FIP a lot. Yeah. FIP's fun. I feel like FIP's one of the ones that I, I look at just like you say, for fun, more so than most of the other ones. Because it yeah, does it's, feel, it's kind of that nice blend of accessible yet, like, this tells me something I didn't know. Right. And now, FIP and ERA, you can have a FIP plus and ERA plus, which is really nice because it scales it to where average is 100. So, if you know, if they're above 100, they're above average and below 100. You know, it's, it's getting a little technical, but anyway. <laughs> um. And let me just say, I'm an amateur at this. I, I'm kind of interested in it. Um, there's going to be some brainiacs out there who are going to be able to explain it a lot better and get into the formulas. I, I want to know just enough to, to kind of be dangerous. Yeah, so. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, number two is batting average. Batting average, you're going to say is, oh, you know, that's an old fashion stat it doesn't account for you know power it doesn't account for all the other things a player can do on the field yeah but you know what it is if a guy is a 300 hitter you know what that means Mm -hmm. and if a guy is a 220 hitter you know what that means um it, it gets a little bit deceiving because, yeah, if a guy has a low average and hits for, for more power and gets on base more, that's going to be more valuable. So that's where we get to – oh, I'll let you guess. What's number one? On base percentage? Oh, oh close. OPS. 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 Yeah, yeah, OPS. Yeah. OPS still is kind of a shortcoming, and that is – People and even I still don't always know what the appropriate scale for OPS is. Um, a rule of thumb is, you know, about 800 is average. 787 actually is right at the average. The best players in the league are uh, 101 or 1.1. 1. 1. 
you know, they're over a thousand OPS. Uh, the worst is like 600. So you have to kind of figure out what that is. Um, but once you do that, it's really useful because it paints you a really good picture of how good a hitter is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. Definitely. And I think, um, even on the, um, FSN broadcast, I think they're putting it more often. Good. I, I have necessarily noticed, but it's cause I'm so, so focused in on, on Johnny Kane that I don't see some of the peripheral things like that. Jeez. Yeah, of course. Hey, we have no time for shenanigans tonight, Hall. Sorry. Business. Sorry. I retract my shenanigans. Less Business Johnny Kane not. talk. I have my suit and tie on tonight to deliver this statistical talk. Yes, okay. I, I saw that on the when we were talking earlier. I've been practicing in an elevator, sir. Okay. Um, <laughs> three worst. Um, third from the worst is zone rating or any kind of ultimate zone rating, non-ultimate zone rating, terrific zone rating, simplified. Get rid of all this stuff. The basic premise is how many plays is a fielder making in his zone compared to other average people but i don't i don't know what it all means i i'm so confused by that (laughs) and defensive statistics are inherently less accurate yeah you can't absolutely hit it hits and stuff you can count you can't always count what's in it i don't know i don't get it um number two from the worst is wins 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 have so much to do with your team and other factors get rid of wins See, i i love wins like i know that it's not a very reflective stat like it, it loses me- mega points in your first category but i feel like baseball is such a quirky traditional um kind of niche sport and wins just encompasses all of that like there's so many yeah. random little factors that go into who gets the win like I don't know. I think I think wins is so charming, and the way we use it uh, and ma- put so much importance on it, first of all, is just absurd. But I don't know. I, I have a soft spot for wins just because it's just so baseball. I, it does tell you something. Yeah. If a guy has 20 win season, he's not garbage, yeah. right? So um, how I think of it is this. You remember – maybe you don't, you whippersnapper. The first video games that came out, you had like Mario – and you see him in his hat is composed of like seven or eight pixels. <laughs> okay. Is that a hat? Yeah, it kind of looks like a hat. I kind of think it's a hat. And then as the years go by, you get more accurate. It gets more clear as the graphics improve. Now you can count the nose hairs and Mario's nose and you're playing whatever fancy game kids play these days. I think I think they play the Wii now. Skyrim or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Skylo or. Uh, All right, tell us what's worst. Uh, worst is uh, saves. <laughs> yeah, I hate saves because the whole proven closer model is garbage, and saves is is complicated. It really doesn't tell you that much about how good a guy is, right? Yeah, and it's it changes the the way managers manage. Like they manage towards that stat, which I think is just yeah, you know total blows ball. blows blows the mind. It's just it's very dumb. Yeah, yeah. So um, saves are garbage. Okay, if you don't get all these statistics, don't feel bad. All right, just enjoy the game however you want. If you want to look at a kid with mustard smeared on his face while you're watching the game, 
that's fine. Don't don't worry about statistics. It's fine. That's power rankings. Hello, this is Eric's mom, and you're listening to the podcast Yanos. Uh, so this is the week, Eric. Uh, Saturday morning, I will be taking on the marathon. This is the week, huh? This is the week. Oh, man. Have you been um, injecting race steroids into your butt? Get yeah, some horse. I, I've been, I went to Germany and got that like uh, placenta <laughs> thing and put in my knee like Kobe had. Um, that, yeah, was, nice. that, was, that was the big trip for, for this past week, yeah. I'm not telling you to cheat, Hall, <laughs> but... Think about it. Think about it. Yeah, we drove the course this past weekend, and I think it's going to be smart. I, I could do that. I think it's going to be really nice because, like, you can see the bay the whole time. But my my impression That's is like, amazing. holy crap, this is so far, so far. Yeah. I'm a little Gird nervous. Your loins. Yeah. I encourage you. I affirm you. This is a this is a big step. Yeah. So if you're if you're out there on Saturday morning, um, spare a hold up sign legs. No, don't, yeah. don't don't hold up a sign for me. I don't want. Yeah, that. mile mile eighteen. You got to have one of those fat heads of Johnny Kane. Oh, that would, now that would work. Yeah, kicking the afterburners. Mile twenty four. It's like uh, Daniel Norris picture or something. Yeah, you. you How far is it? <laughs> is it further than twenty four miles? Yeah, twenty six point two. Oh, shoot. You'll That's be able close. to tell from the the sticker I put on the back of my car. Yeah, I'm just oh. kidding. I'm, I will absolutely not do that. Yeah, just just put a sticker. So my goal, my goal is to be under four hours, which I, I kind of did some research. It sounds like if you're better than four hours, it's like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And if you're, if it takes longer than four hours, it's like, well, good job. You finished. So that's kind of, okay. that's my, my benchmark. That's what I'm going for. So I'm going to go see my bookie uh, tomorrow. Uh, how are you feeling? Like, should I put, put some cash on you for the, for the win or yeah, place would, or show or yeah, probably show that, that feels fair. Okay. I'm not all sure right. how many of like the um what's the what's the African country that just nails all the distance running? Is it Kenya? Kenya. Yeah, I don't Zimbabwe, know if there's any any Kenyans Nairobi. coming over, so I'll have to to take a look around at the starting line. I'll text you. I'm sure your bookie will be up early. Yeah, yeah. The elite runners, that's what they call them. They get to go first. Yeah, yeah. I'm probably not gonna be in that group. Probably not. Um so I, I go ahead. Good. I I encourage you. Go. Run yeah. fast. It'll be it'll be fun. I'm ready for it to be done. Like I've yeah. I've run I've run over a thousand miles so far in this year. Like to wow. to get ready for it. And my legs are like, all right, buddy, we can we can be done. It's time to do it. Uh, so I do have a story from the road from this past week, though. Uh, as I was finishing up my training, uh, I was coming. Actually, I was actually back into like my neighborhood, and it was on the side of the road. I see one of those, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer antlers that people put in, like, their door, you know, car door frames around Christmas. Saw yeah, that yeah. on the side of the road. Wow. My thought was, that... like, did they have that in their door frame until just today, like, you know, in mid-May? Like, is, is that you what didn't... happened? Did you find the matching center of the grill nose? No, that's the unsettling part. There wasn't the other <laughs> antler or a nose. I don't know what's happened to this car yeah. reindeer. Oh, it's so sad. It's a tragic tale of woe. It's it's something. Yeah. This will. I do you rock the um the reindeer car? No, absolutely not. If you had a Volkswagen Beetle, would you put eyelashes on the headlights? No, absolutely not. <laughs> You're not for dressing up your car. No, I'm not for showing any sort car of like costuming. outward individuality, pretty much at all. <laughs> that, okay, that's not my thing. Not that there's anything wrong with that. 
we like conformity here at the podcast, Dianos. Thank you. Speaking of uh, conformity, um, we do have a response from our listeners about shaming stupid Vandy plates that we've seen. Um, our buddy Michael Litzner got in touch. Apparently, he sees an electric car on his commute that the vanity, vanity plate is bye-bye gas. Come on. Okay. Come on, people. Be better than that. That's like a, Seems a little... It's little braggadocious. Elite level douchebaggery there. Like, <laughs> it's cool. You know, you're saving the environment. You're running on electricity. But come on. Mm. Don't, yeah. don't be that hippie hugging tool. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's – we're running a little bit long. Maybe we'll hold off on the Twitter questions till uh, till next week. Let's get into some of the matchups. Um, we play the Astros for four, and then we play the White Sox for four, all on the road. Um the White Sox, or excuse me, the Astros are coming off getting swept by the Indians. So good for us that they're coming in low on confidence. Bad for us that they just handed Cleveland three wins. Um, I don't really know a ton about this Houston team, to be honest. I know they're in first place. Uh, I heard we're missing the AL wins leader, Keuchel. Yeah, he's very good again. Um, and he went on the DL. And McCann, uh, not James, Brian, his brother, um, He's on the deal, I think, with a concussion. So we'll probably miss both of those. Um, you know, don't wish anyone injury, but don't hate avoiding them. Right. Uh, Fulmer against Brad Peacock on Monday. Zimmerman against Lance McCullers Jr. on Tuesday. Daniel Norris, you know, heart emoji against Charlie Morton on Wednesday. And Verlander against Mike Fires on Thursday. Uh, how do you feel in that series? How many, how many wins do we take there? We're at... The Houston Astros. Uh, if, if we could go, if we could split that series, I'd, uh, I'm comfortable with that. Yeah, that seems fair. I, I think Norris gets back on track, um, and I think Fulmer gets gets one tonight, which you'll probably know by the time you hear this. And by probably, I mean you definitely will know by the time you hear this. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's get on to the weekend series. Friday doubleheader. Matt Boyd against Mike Pelfrey. That one, um, <laughs> that'll be a good one. That'll be a barn burner. Yeah, not exactly an ace off. No. Um, uh, do you play Beat the Streak on your phone? It's essentially, uh, it's, it's a game put out by MLB. You pick a player every day, yep. and, um, yeah, I'm sure you're familiar with the contest. If, if they get a hit, you start your streak and so on and so forth. Every time Big Pelf comes, comes up in the order, uh, I for sure <laughs> will go ahead and sack somebody from, sometimes even two players from the opposing lineup, because that's just, that's just a given. He's just not very good. He's very bad at baseball. And now that he's gone, now I no longer have to stick stick to my guns. So that's that's nice. Nice. Um, the uh, night game was scheduled to be Anibal. Um, I don't know. It probably will be Warwick at this point, Southold. Possibly Chad Bell or maybe Buck uh, against Derek Holland, who all of a sudden is great again. That's inconvenient. Hmm. Uh, Saturday, yeah. Zimmerman goes up against Miguel Gonzalez. And then Sunday, Norris against Dylan Covey. For the White Sox, um, right. so four games on the South Side. How many are you having us take there? Um, poo. I think we could get three. I think oh, we could get three. I was going to go three too, and I thought I was going to be the optimistic one. Um, so yeah, I think I think we could win f- five of eight this this week. I don't think there's anything yeah. un- unreasonable there. Any Astros that you're particularly excited to watch play? Uh, Correa. Correa. Yeah, he's he is a very good baseball player. Yep. Remi- reminds me a lot of Iglesias. I, I kid. I kid. Um, a rare eight game week. We are playing a lot of baseball. We do not have another off day until the first of June. Yeah, which actually isn't as far out as you'd think, but 
Uh, oh man, yeah, I got to get my life together. <laughs> the, the days sneak up. <laughs> That's what the show reminds us all. We have to get our lives together. <laughs> um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can at podcastianos.com. On the Twitter, I am at Jordan Hall 23. He is at Comeric Eric, and the show is at Podcastianos. On the Instagram, I am at Jordino4. On Facebook, uh, facebook.com backslash podcastianos. And uh, once again, we'd love it if you take the time to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, or whatever other platform you're listening to the show on. And if you've made it this far into the show, you love us. We love you. If you see something that the account has tweeted, you know, hey, listen to the show, go ahead, throw us a retweet. We'll, we'll love you forever. You can become a friend of the show. Um, when, when we make it rich, we'll uh, – we'll, yeah. we'll, send you some financial backing all, all of yeah. that stuff you can be the third troya brother yeah there actually is a third troya brother I, i'm getting <laughs> to know really? that yeah yeah i don't i don't know how i feel about you picking sides in the great troya brother um debate and then going back on it that made me even more uncomfortable you're like uh paul from formerly verizon now sprint yeah whoever kisses up to me the most that's who i'm going with that's that seems like a pretty good life rule yeah um Right. And yes, in next week, we're going to power rank something very frivolous. Going to make up for it. Sorry, friends. <laughs> um, anything else to say to the people before we head out for the week? That's it. All right. Uh, with that being said, say a prayer for me Saturday morning, and we yeah, will catch fast. you guys. Thanks. I will, I will try to run fast. I'll probably start running fast and then finish running slow. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we will catch you guys next week, and eat them up, Tigers. Eat them up. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 